there's never a shortage of marketing tactics available. So in this episode, we're talking about the marketing changes we're making this year and some of the strategies and tactics on our to-do list. Ready? Let's go. Hey you, welcome to the Messy Desk Podcast, where you'll find honest conversations about productivity, mindset, and marketing. If you're an overwhelmed business owner who wants to achieve more, but could use a little guidance and coaching, then you're in the right place. Ready to dive in? Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to episode 88 of the Messy Desk Podcast. I'm Megan Monahan, your digital marketing strategist. And I'm Teresa Safali, your productivity coach. Well, last year, I was pretty much defunct as far as marketing goes, but this year, I've got plans. Me too. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So we thought it would be helpful to share those marketing plans with you. In episode 64, we outlined a three-step process for how to choose marketing tactics. So be sure to check that one out. Yeah. This episode sort of piggybacks on that one since we're sharing our tactics and how we arrived at those choices. So if you're not sure what marketing tactics to implement this year, This episode will give you some information and inspiration. Okay, so first and foremost, this year is about returning to some of the old trusted strategies and tactics. Oh, yes. The oldies but goodies. Yeah, what's old seems like it's new again this year. Marketing experts are talking a lot about SEO again, which is search engine optimization, and how important it is for lead generation and sales. Of course, content marketing goes hand in hand with SEO in many ways. And for me, SEO and content marketing have never gone out of style. So I'm returning to regular blogging and podcasting. I mean, obviously, right, because we're here. (laughs) What's giving it away? (laughs) As far as content and SEO, that's no surprise to me. Those are Megan's jam. She loves blogging. I mean, loves it, people. Plus, she's the main reason I've kept up with my blog over the years, essentially embracing my inner marketer. Yeah, my inner marketer. (laughs) That's awesome. I am so happy to see Teresa still blogging. And you know, blogging still has a ton of benefits, like being one of the top ways to rank higher in search engines, which helps people to discover you. And Also, it helps you connect with an audience to help you drive conversions, like, say, booking a consultation or a phone call, opting in to a lead magnet, and getting people to become a customer. Plus, I love that you can repurpose blog content into scripts for podcasts and videos and into social media posts. Blogging is great as an authority hub, which just means the home base for your authoritative content. We've already covered a lot about blogging in previous episodes, so we'll link to the other episodes in the show notes. Yeah, because I could go on forever about blogging. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right, so let's just talk about podcasting for a minute. It's massively growing in popularity, but, and this is really critical, podcasting is still what marketers call a blue ocean. In other words, there's still room to compete, shine, and maybe even dominate for your area of expertise, unlike blogging, which is much more competitive at this point. You know, blogging as a tactic is what's called a red ocean because all the sharks have been feeding there for years. 
There are over 600 million blogs, whereas there are less than 3 million podcasts. Plus, side note here, podcasting is good for SEO too. And podcasting is becoming trendier and helps to boost your influence. Overall, it's still a great time to start a podcast. We recognize the value of podcasting, and that's one of the reasons we decided to return to it. So since we're now podcasting every other week, my plan is to publish a blog post on the weeks we're not releasing an episode. That way I figure people will hear from me on a weekly basis, and that schedule seems manageable to me. Would I love to blog more than that? Yes, most certainly I would. But look, if I tackled more, then I would fall behind and end up stopping or missing my goal to stay consistent. Right. It's really important to pay attention to commitments and choose to market in a manageable, sustainable way so that you avoid getting discouraged. Exactly. The thing is, we already have a podcast and I already have a blog. I'm purposely choosing two marketing tactics that are proven to work and that I love and that I know how to do. In my opinion, this is a smart decision for my marketing strategy as well as my workload and productivity. That's true. Your marketing decisions aren't only about your business goals. You've got to consider your bandwidth and your capabilities, which leads me to one of my marketing tactics for 2023, and that's business networking. This strategy has been a consistent marketing tactic for me back as far as I can remember. In my early days as a professional craft designer in the craft and hobby industry, we're talking like pre-World Wide Web. (laughs) A while ago. That's a long time ago. (laughs) I was just a a mere youngin. youngin. Yes, that's what I was. But I built my entire business back then through networking. Though now I'm in the business coaching industry, networking continues to be the main avenue to clients and opportunities. We spoke at length about many of the benefits of business networking way back in episode 77, so I won't go into great detail here, but I do want to point out that by networking, I'm not talking about heading to an event and just mindlessly passing out business cards. That approach does not work. What does work is relational networking. This is the building of strategic relationships with others. That's authentically connecting with specific people to build that know, like, and trust factor so that they will refer you to their trusted sources. That's really an important distinction to make. People can tell when you're more concerned about yourself and your own needs versus when you're focused on building a relationship. Yes. Suffice it to say... Networking is a marketing tactic that works for me, so I'm continuing with it this year, but I'm upping my game with better follow-up and follow-through. Makes sense. Building trusted relationships does require good follow-up. And you know, when I think about following up, I also think about ways to generate more leads and prospects. And that's a nice segue into my next marketing tactic, and it's a new one for me. This year, I'm using an automated tool to generate custom website audits as a lead magnet. This decision is an intriguing one. I'm interested in how Megan arrived at this choice since we haven't really talked about all the details. Plus, like I'm such a geek when it comes to tech tools. I invested in a tool to help me deliver some of my SEO content services 
And this tool also offers a lead generation widget. Basically, the widget goes on my website and visitors can enter their website URL to get a personalized website report in exchange for their email. The tool analyzes the domain and produces a custom audit that is specific to the person's website. That's brilliant. <laughs> I really like the concept of a lead magnet being custom to each prospect. There's just so much more value in that. Yeah, I agree. You know, this method of lead generation isn't new. I mean, it's kind of new to me, but it's not new. Marketing agencies use these techniques to get website and SEO clients. Now, of course, I'm not an agency, but some of my services are really similar to an agency. So I thought I'd give this a try as a way to differentiate myself from my competition. That's such a great idea. Position yourself in a different way through your lead magnet. So I'm like really curious to see how this all works out. I know, me too. <laughs> now, obviously this particular widget tactic is not a fit for most, but there are other similar options such as interactive quizzes, online calculators, or even custom apps. I run across beauty quizzes all of the time. You know, you fill out a quiz and the site recommends which product um, is best for you. I absolutely love those quizzes. I do them all the time. <laughs> you know, since these interactive lead generation tools deliver more custom results to each prospect, people are going to be more inclined to exchange their email address for the info. And I love that these tools can also give you more targeted leads, better segmentation, and more data about your audience. But, you know, that's a conversation for a different day. Yeah, definitely more than we have time for today. It's getting so challenging to get people to give you their email address. Consumers these days are just not interested in those generic eBooks and mini courses. They want something fast. They want an easy transformation from your lead magnet. So that's my goal with this change. And speaking of change, I'm only making a small tweak to my marketing plan that I believe will yield big results this year. And that's to add speaking engagements to my toolbox of marketing tactics. My business coach suggested this idea for me, and I often hear from other coaching colleagues how speaking has helped bring in clients. Now, I love to teach and train and already do quite a bit of it on my own anyway, so it's really a no-brainer. However, there is a fair amount of pre-work to do, so we're putting some processes in place with the intention of going full steam ahead on this in the second quarter of the year. Speaking is so perfect for Teresa since she's great at it and it aligns well with her products and services. It's smart of her to delay it to the second quarter too. She already spends time consistently blogging, sending emails, and networking. Now she's got relaunching the podcast with me this quarter, which is a new commitment on her calendar. By waiting until next quarter to implement the new marketing tactic, I'll reduce the risk of overwhelm, right? And it's that overwhelm that'll basically just mess with your consistency. Mm -hmm. So, so starting small is always best. And, you know, I can just devote more time and attention to speaking engagement efforts when I'm ready. I'm so glad that you mentioned overwhelm since my next marketing tactic is one that I'm modifying so that I can manage it. In theory, I'll be generating more leads with my new website widget tool, right? but what am I going to do with those leads? There has to be a follow-up plan. Otherwise, there's no purpose in getting people to download a free website report. 
Yeah. Your work with lead generation doesn't end with the freebie. That's just the first step. Yep. It's a lot of work. Marketing is not quick and easy, and I can't stand when people say that it is. Plus, there are loads of options in front of you. I've decided to build an email marketing campaign for those who sign up for the free report. This is actually going to be a work in progress throughout the year. I'll start with bare bones, then build up with case studies and blog posts to support the customer journey. It's another example of embracing those messy moments we always talk about, right? Imperfect action is always better than perfect inaction. If I overthink it, I'm going to get overwhelmed and then I'm going to quit. So my approach is, like we always say, to start small. After the campaign, which is probably going to be more like a sales funnel, I'll tackle starting a monthly newsletter for regular communication. Hmm. Not weekly? Well, you know, weekly would be better only because when people don't know you, they forget who you are and you run the risk of losing momentum. However, I've got a whopper of a to-do list, both professionally and personally. So I really can't commit to weekly emails, at least not yet. Smart, really smart, Megan. Knowing your limitations, setting those boundaries and working within set parameters are all ways to manage your time and stay focused on what matters makes so much sense. So email marketing and sales funnels are old marketing tactics. They are by no means a cutting edge at this point, but it's been a few years since I built a sales funnel for my business or emailed my list regularly. I've been generating business through referrals and networking. So email marketing won't exactly be new, but it's new for what I'm doing now. And I'll add that some of the more modern methods to communicate with your audience include text messaging and website push notifications. But I haven't invested in these tactics and I don't have direct experience implementing them. So they aren't even a blip on my radar until the latter half of the year. However, you may want to consider these things if you think they align with you and your business. Email marketing may be an old tactic, but look, it still works. That's why people still do it. Mm -hmm. And while newer strategies can be tempting, I think it's a really good idea to include at least one strategy in your marketing plan that's tried and true. And as Megan said, you could consider newer methods if it makes sense for you and your type of business, but I'll just add not to try to implement too many tactics at once, especially new ones. You'll be more successful if you focus your efforts on one marketing strategy or tactic and doing it really well before adding another one in. Amen to that. So the question we ask you is, will you be trying new marketing tactics and strategies this year? Or are you sticking with what you've done? For me, change is tough. Just being honest here. My decisions this year came down to what's working, what's not working, and what tactics I can incorporate into my routine in a way that supports my business while not overwhelming me. A big part of successful marketing is consistency, and I just haven't been able to be consistent. And that's because when my life dramatically changed, my marketing plan didn't. So it was time for a realistic and much needed adjustment. I think Megan is taking a super smart approach to her marketing plan this year. There's a key lesson in her words, and that's to be honest with yourself as it relates to your resources, meaning time, skill set, 
revenue, and even like your life circumstances, that Mm -hmm. really factors in. So true. It's okay to keep it simple, especially if you're new to the marketing scene or you have a lot going on in whatever stage of life you're in. You're best off doing one marketing tactic really well than doing five poorly. As for me, I'm focused on greater visibility this year. I need to get in front of people so they can get to know me. That's what networking and speaking engagements will help me accomplish. So as you're choosing your marketing strategies, keep your goals in mind. Whatever marketing tactics you decide upon, there's an important takeaway here. Choose tactics that fit into your schedule and that support your business goals. Otherwise, you'll risk wasting time and creating a lot of frustration for yourself. That's it for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and visit MessyDeskPodcast.com for more detailed show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon. And podcasting is becoming trendier and helps bloost. (laughs) That sounds like a good name for an app. Oh, somebody, yeah. It does. What would a Bluest app do? We have to, we are gonna have to talk about that's copyrighted. Um, and that's a nice segue into my next marketing tactic. Tactic? <laughs> that's a tactic. <laughs> it's like my nose came into play there. Wanted it's to something talk. that goes with uh, Bluest. <laughs> <laughs>